Hi, welcome to this week's Making Passenger podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Tom. This week we're talking to Jason Falkner, chair of the BH Active Travel Forum. We talk about cycling in the South and how it's been affected by the current health crisis. We also talk about how cycling plays an important part in how we travel around our towns and cities. Hope you enjoy. So what is the BH Active Travel Forum? Oh, so that began in the mid-1990s and uh, there was a councillor called John Hayter and his friend and fellow rider Angela Pooley basically approached the council then, Bournemouth, and said, hey, we want to have a meeting that can draw people together that want to promote cycling in the area. And it was primarily cycling then. Mm-hmm. And they 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 used the, the town hall and had regular meetings and... Uh, they drew in the other cycling groups to try and bring about better cycling provision for Bournemouth. So, yeah, it's been going nearly 30 years, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. And how, how long have you been involved in that? 10 years since I I came to Bournemouth from uh, Luton, Bedford, St. Albans as a Sustrans bike officer. So I was doing full-time paid cycling in school promotion. And, yeah, it was one thing that I got involved in straight away. Jason, what, what is Sustrans? Stands for Sustainable Transport. It's a charity that began in 1977 and uh, was, was opened up by a great engineer called John Grimshaw who saw the potential of cycle routes using old railways. Bristol Bath was the, the initial one that he and lots of other volunteers cleared and made uh, a clean and a cyclable, walkable surface which now carries more people in and out of Bristol than any other mode. So... Yeah, it began with that, and then it's just expanded to to incorporate loads of different railways. Mainly, that that's the main thing that the the charities are really well known for and does best, in my own view. But it builds bridges over rivers and it links places and um, makes it easier for people to walk and cycle in a in a nutshell. So, t- tell us a little bit about your work on the cycling and the walking local infrastructure plan, because uh, I hear that you're involved in, in in some of that. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean. There's there's a, a very unique moment that, that we have now, which is the fact that Council BCP, its new incorporation of um, all of the others, a year in has won this money from a grant from DFT, the, the Transforming Cities Fund money, uh, and they've got the princely sum of 70-something million, 20-something million as well, so make a total of 98 million to spend over the next three years. Are the 20 millions the Dorset itself money. And they have got a serious amount of strategic planning going on. In cycling terms, specifically, the cycling officers working on something called Local Cycling Walking Infrastructure Plan, or LCWIP, that it's known as by many people. And um, he's drawn up a primary cycling network of routes around the area, which... Uh, they incorporate a lot of the things that I've already written, actually, which is really neat because about six years ago, I, I wrote up a system called Pullmouth Cycle System of all the great routes that I was riding everywhere. And I strived and time distance and photographed them, put them on my website. A lot of the routes that are now being put onto the Elsie Whip are, are those routes because they're really lovely directions. And they, they include places like the Bourne Valley Greenway, and um, loads of other links. But yeah, so what you've got basically is the cycling officer working on the LC WIP plan, which feeds in to the TCF uh, bigger picture. 
the the TCF stands for Transforming Cities Fund, mm-hmm. and the guys that are the engineers that I'm, I'm working with and talking to about this, they they've got connectivity corridors which are a bus, yeah, hey, they are bike and motor, and then they have to incorporate a cycle element as well. Okay. So the, so the main TCF connectivity corridors have got S numbers, so like S three. Uh, S3 is Bournemouth to Ferndown Connectivity Corridor. As well as that, there's C routes, and the C routes are the cycle freeways. They're currently called freeways. They're probably going to change because I don't know whether you like... Do you like freeways as a, as a cycle freeway or... It's a bit American, isn't that? it? Yeah. It, Although I don't know um, what I prefer. What's your preferred term? I just like cycleway, to be honest. Fair enough. So, so the C one, two, three, four, five, and and they are part of the LC whip, and there's a lot of those that are that are being drawn up and designed now. Yeah, Jason, question for me: um, It must be quite amazing to suddenly have an, a huge amount of money to to make these these cycleways, you know, to actually make them happen, having spent such a long time sort of envisaging how that might happen. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really quite exciting. I do honestly believe the bicycle is the best invention ever and 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 people that are out there now that are riding around perhaps returning bikers getting them out of the garage you know they're going either slow and just having a nice poodle or they're going to get a workout and and it gives you back exactly what you put into it you know so that's what's great about the bike and the routes and the infrastructure aspect is is quite amazing but I guess it had to happen as as we go on. People know in authorities that then they can't keep building roads. They do know that the education is there, uh, and it means that they're going to really have to make provision and figure out how we're going to get people moving around, more people moving uh, than, than on other modes because you can't move enough people by the way that they've been predicating everything on, which is the motor car. You know so. It's definitely back to the future for the bike, um, and it's it's great to have been involved in it all the way. Yeah, I think you're right. If we think about local to us, Bournemouth, you can't get much more on on the roads without sort of destroying houses and making the roads wider, which is yeah. obviously not going to happen. So that's where something like bikes or public transport or, or another form makes a lot of sense. And so we've seen that you know some cities are temporarily widening their pavements and adding cycle lanes to accommodate more people and. and and that sort of stuff. Where do you think that sort of thing might be beneficial locally? Is there, is there anywhere that you, you sort of have an opinion of or, or an idea in mind of yeah. where locally we could widen, yeah, the, I mean, widen the pavements? Or? Are, you, are you talking about in relation to COVID as well? Yes. Yeah, well, I'm speaking specifically in relation to COVID at the minute. Yeah. Some cities are temporarily yeah. widening those pavements and, and, yeah. um, and adding cycle lanes or, or whatever it is they're doing, which is just allowing more people to use active travel and if you think about local, because obviously you know this area very well, yeah. Where, where do you think we could do this in Bournemouth? Where, where are the key places that you're like? It's a no-brainer. I'm a bit biased, but um, because I live in Pool. Okay, well, Pool the, then. Where in Pool? <laughs> well, the, the route, the route, the route outside um, my house, and then goes all the way down to the Sandbanks Peninsula. I'm at the the Civic Centre end. I'm not at the uh, the Bling end, but it's one road in effect. You know, you can ride it right the way round and back, and that's actually peopled by so many riders and walkers and skaters at the moment i wrote a blog about it actually just recently whereby they wrote a seafront strategy in 2007 
and it was the old Paul Burrow that wrote it. And it included some pretty good detail about p- protected cycleways. And you can think, just those of you that are listening to this locally that know that route really well, you can think that there's the water side, there's the footway, and then there's like a lot of parking and other space. It's really a really win place to be able to build protected bike routes aside of footways. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were able to bring out um, cones and or light segregation and then um, so move it so that the the parking lane as is on a lot of that road that's down by the water side, you know, from Tesco beyond, yeah. if that was actually cycleway and then the parking was alongside the cones, that that's a way that uh, is used to protect bike routes in many areas. So they're mm-hmm. kind of in inside the parking. And I, and I blogged about that. So, I mean, that's my immediate thought. I think the, the Longfleet Road, which goes up the hill out of Pool Pass Hospital, which is going to be part of the S5 Pool to uh, Ferndown Connectivity Corridor, I think it'd be ideal to do that as well and, and, and cone that or light segregate that to give folk that work at the hospital some protection. Yeah. Um, and and on the back of it, actually make it so that they are starting to claim space for what is going to be built in future design. Because um, as uh, Tom accurately pointed out, they, they can't build wider, you know, and to, to their credit, the engineers in this area, they, they haven't been re- building more roads for ages, but they can redesign the streets that we've got to be able to work better for people and, and starting to claim space for, for bikes there on the back of COVID, you know, would be a really great initiative. Yeah. So I guess the question I have is, is, is we're seeing all of these, you know, these pavement widenings, you know, and these kind of temporary markings being put onto roads with aerosol cans. And, you know, we're seeing cities get on with this. Yeah. We're seeing, you know, Bogota just doing it. We're seeing yeah. Brighton have already, you know, closed one of the, the main arteries there. And, yeah. What, what what is stopping BCP or you know all of us who are sort of really aware of these things that are happening? What 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 are the mechanisms to actually make that happen? What what's stopping us? Oh, you know, you're getting onto proper geeky stuff here. But um, being as you've um, offered me the carrot, I will sort of like run with it. <laughs> oh, well, we like <laughs> geeky stuff. That's absolutely fine. All right. So the tra- the traffic regulation orders, which all authorities in the UK have to put in place to make changes to the road. They've changed it slightly. So the, the government have changed this very slightly so that it means that they don't have to advertise changes and put them in the newspaper like they used to. Okay, but it, it still means that they've got to go through a whole procedure to get actual changes on the ground. So the, the government have played it a little bit and they haven't given leadership to local authorities. They've done what they often do, which is just said, okay, on your crack. Um, but they've still got to go and go through a lot of procedure to, to get to be able to put cones down or, or do certain things. Now, I've been arguing that they have emergency powers right now. So the car parks that you might see near where you live that are closed to cars that are currently, like the one near me, Whitecliffe, is full of kids riding around in circles. It's amazing. It's, it's protected space, yeah. But they have emergency powers that they can use and they should actually be trying to put these into place um, to be able to continue, you know, those roads to be protected. Like we've got Pool Park closed to through traffic and everybody's loving that. In in the least, you know, if, if they could at least do that and in, in keep that going 
also at Hengistbury Head, where you'll see loads and loads uh, of families I, now. I noticed that. I, yeah. I went running down down Hengistbury Head the other morning, and I noticed that the whole road was was closed. So, I mean, but th- these are roads that I mean, you describe Pool Park and you describe Hengistbury Head. These are roads that can be closed quite easily because they have barriers. Um, that can be swung into place. Is that right? Yeah, you're, you're right, Tom. And there is that truth about Madeira Drive in Bournemouth. It's a parallel road to an arterial, you know, and it's always used for events. The other ones that I would t- I'd also saying to uh, Councillor Hadley uh, at the moment is West, West Overcliff Drive is a road which is, um, it doesn't need to be trafficked other than for people that live there. So it could be closed on either end and just given access only. That would be a good one. Um, Pool Key as well, I think, and and actually they are looking at these places as being definites, but yeah, I, there's nothing that's made easy for local authorities in in procedure terms. Honestly, there isn't, and these guys are now working under this emergency that they don't know when it will end. It's kind of like an emergency without a point, and the, and the chief executive of um, BCP made that point yesterday. It's really good that. You know, normally, if you've got like an earthquake that's happened and a lot of people have died, that's the emergency. And now it's right. It's happened. And now we're dealing with it. The the COVID is such an open ended thing that we're living through at the moment that we're not sure how long it's going to go for. So, you know, but I do think there's a time, there's an opportunity here that they should be really making an effort to then say, right, we've seen people working from home. We know that we don't actually have to make all those face to face journeys to have an office meeting now so let's let's keep the reduction on the road traffic let's keep that going and keep people actively traveling hey i think that's that's certainly the dream isn't it um in in reality there's a lot everyone's staying at home at the minute and so people aren't traveling but when people start going back to work it's how do we get them to do it in an active way how do we get them to take the habits that they formed and, and keep those going as we come out of you know this health crisis as it were I guess you know we're seeing lots of uh, lots of families out on on bikes and you know parents that are prepared to let their children you know poodle around in front of them and behind them without so much fear as as they had before. So I mean I I, I personally I worry that we're all going to go back to uh, you know not allowing our kids on the roads and having them on the pavements next to us because you know that's you know the traffic has returned at, at an almighty pace. I mean I think this is the the big question, isn't it? You know, we're sort of seeing a a vision of how things could be and, and, and that's it's um yeah what what do we need to do in order to make the most of the opportunity I guess that we're all kind of experiencing um you know we're, we're allowing ourselves to kind of do these things and, and, and we're probably getting a bit more exercise and getting our bikes out of the shed and all these things that a lot of people are talking about but what are the steps that have to be taken and uh, while whilst all the COVID stuff is open-ended how long have we got can we get these things acted upon yeah bef- before we return to normal in inverted commas and and the traffic starts flying past again me being the eternal optimist I'm going to say okay you know we're working with the council let's let's see how you can do it and at the very least make those road closures that happen now continue and ideally give us some of these places where we can start coning off or light segregating for for the transforming cities from work that you're going to do so then you must feel pretty good about or or must have strong opinions around the 20 is plenty campaign that uh, i'm sort of seeing around getting a little bit of traction indeed Uh, jason and i had had an exchange on this one over twitter i think over the last few days so we're at the end of april now and april 23rd of april now Mm. 
And um, I think it was um, it was a tweet from our environmental portfolio holder down here on the coast. And um, it was really a, a question about that's been raised around, you know, do we do we drop the speed limit down to 20? And, and, and what do people think about that? And, you know, I've, I've seen the campaign and I think it's a great idea. I think, you know, it, it may be hard to reduce your speed in, in a modern motor car and to actually get, you know, your speed down to 20 consistently without changes in the road infrastructure. But, you know, I, I, I think if it's communicated well and that it is part of the overall strategy to, you know, contain COVID and, and make sure that the NHS is not overloaded through you know the, the the road accidents that it you know so regularly has to deal with then i think then i think people will would be open to considering a change in their their driving behavior and i think if you that if, if you use the you know the current situation as a, as a reason to drop the speed limit down to 20 i think people would 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 accept that more readily than if you you know if you just said right we're going to make everywhere 20 miles an hour i think people wouldn't understand you know they think you know, the roads are empty. Why are you making me go slower? That's ridiculous. But then I think, you know, as I said before about the, you know, the time it takes to change to form a habit. Yeah. I think I think you're going to have people who are more used to driving slowly on residential streets, and then they will accept that if that becomes the norm later on. Yeah, yeah. There, there's lots of folk that are professional drivers that are doing slow speeds in massive lorries and so on. They they take it just as a matter of course. I said to Felicity actually that if you could attribute the speed reduction to to COVID measures, that would be fantastic. It's unfortunate that as, as as a country, we always give it to local authorities to deal with their individual area. It's not legislated for nationally by central government. What's going on in London is quite interesting because I know that the um the the CAZZs have been postponed at the moment, right? The emission zones. But the London emission area, Sadiq Khan was was going to make it so that if you got caught speeding in a 20 zone, you paid £100 fine and got three points, right? So if that money could be put into local authorities' use, then I think that would be great because the biggest... The biggest issue that they have about a lot of the stuff that relates to changing the road backing is loss of parking revenue, not taking car parking spaces away, because effectively this is a suburban outlook, a suburban mentality, not cities. You know, the cities that you and I probably been to that visit Copenhagen and everywhere else, they actually, they know what is going on with this and they know that footfall increases when you when you make it attractive you know so if we could start to bring that mentality into gb authorities that would be fantastic if i could just take take you back there jason you mentioned the low emission zones that are being postponed do you know much about that yeah well it go it goes back to the fact that they're working on this that all all authorities that would have been uh, initiating those things separately in their own time because some of them were given the option by central government and didn't pick it up and say, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. They're all working on this corporate incident management level. That means that they need to address the needs of the, the, the most needy in society. And our guys are doing that really well. But it means that they've got to take away the priority on stuff that, that could have been going on. And yeah, you'd have to argue that you know the proof of being able to see clearly through London um, because there is no smog. The evidence from other cities 
would would help you to go do you know what that that has to be noticed and that has to be acted upon so the sooner they bring those things in i mean i i'm going back now about a year i think there was maybe two unfortunately a young schoolgirl in london died of pollution the first person to die in london of of pollution related effects that's that's criminal isn't it yeah that's crazy. horrendous and uh, I believe, uh, I think it was Tom that shared the article, that, they, that there are some links between clean air quality and, and, and the COVID um, health crisis. But I mean, also, anything that attacks the respiratory system, you would have thought clean air would be what you need right now, right? So I appreciate there are lots of things to prioritise, and I'm not saying this is the most important thing. I just think it's a bit of a shame that, the, that these have been postponed. I, don't, I haven't seen anywhere that they've said it's six months, 12 months, or whatever, so... I, I doubt it's indefinitely, but just the fact that it's been postponed at all seems seems a shame. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. What, one question for me. Uh, something I noticed, uh, Jason, you recommended listening to the, uh, I think it was the Streets Ahead podcast. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I listened to that and I thought it was really good. Um, I, I, I noticed the, the title of um, Adam Tranter being the, the Bicycle Mayor. Yeah, that's right. And I, and I, and I, thought, I thought, what a wonderful... Um, uh, you know, title to give someone yeah. um, who who champions cycling and, and, and no doubt active travel on a more broad basis in a, in a region. I, I put it to you that as as the chair of the <laughs> the, the active travel, are, yeah, are you not coming. Bournemouth, Pool and Christchurch bicycle mayor? I'm pretty well known, I must admit. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. It's funny, really, that something that you essentially just do and have always done just because it makes complete sense is uh, such an issue. Because, honestly, I never rode a bike when I was going to work at 18, 19 because it was green. Uh, it just was what my folks did and, and probably a lot of other people's folks did. And I carried it on going. I never really wanted to not do it. So, I don't know, maybe there's another chance to become... Um, involved. It's funny, that the way I get involved with councillors now, Tom... The, the amount of councillors that are saying to me, Jason, you know, you should get involved, get, get standing, get standing, you know, but... <laughs> well, I, I, I have no idea whether a bicycle mayor is, is, a, is a political figure or what, but, uh, I, you know, you heard it here first. I'm going to start championing for a rebrand of your role um, to be the bicycle mayor of uh, <laughs> Thank BCP. You. You, you flatter me. <laughs> No, you do a fantastic job, and I think you know. Keep it up. You, you you really are kind of promoting all of the things that a lot of people care about, and I I know it's incredibly hard work to be on the Twitters and the and the Facebooks all the time, but it, it's certainly great to see someone fighting that fight. Yeah, um, thanks. I I just want to say it's a it's an educative process. A lot of this stuff, like you've you've brought up, that people don't really appreciate it if they if they aren't told about where is better and. It's easy for us that have done the pilgrimage to Copenhagen to talk about how awesome it is and stuff. But, you know, the, the, those posts that I make on the BH Active Travel new website, they're, they're, they're educative posts that I want people to share widely and get known. And we've always said we'd do public engagement, you know, and door knocking and meeting people that want this stuff to happen on their, in their area. Trials. Trials are a really big, big thing. And they're found from the works at uh, Waltham Forest in London, you know, that they, they, they had to do loads of trials and so on. So it's there, it's been done. It's not like completely new. It's just educating people that, that it's that is happening and we're in the area that it is happening. And if I can give a shout out to um, 
Mark Lohez from Tandem Media as well. He's been very, very useful to me and uh, a really good person to do the media for the for the forum now, which is taking a bit more of a a serious turn. You know, it's taking a bit more of a professional turn than than when it was more or less a few very interested people. But we, you know, when we're getting thirty eight to forty five people turning up for the meetings, that's quite you know it's quite a serious uh, engagement so good it's obviously on the up so jason i just want to give you an opportunity if uh, people want to find out more about the stuff that you're you're doing is there is there an easy sort of bite-sized url they can go to or where can they find out a bit more about the stuff you're working on right now so bhactivetravel.uk all one word uh that's the main outlet that that we are putting things there's a facebook group for that as well if they want to join up with that that would be amazing and we're looking for people to share their experiences of how you know they maybe are making more local journeys by bike and and there'll be posts appearing soon about routes that we use loads because i do honestly think that people just don't know how have lovely lovely our center parks by the sea is again so i've got it in <laughs> <laughs> that just sort of leads me to say Thank you, Jason. Really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for speaking with us both today. I think it's been quite interesting. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome, guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's chat with Jason. Uh, next week, we'll be talking to Robert Jack. Robert is managing editor and publisher of Passenger Transport magazine. He has worked as a journalist, editor and publisher in the passenger transport sector for more than 20 years. He has also played a key role in many conferences and events. Hopefully you'll join us next week. And if you've got any questions for Robert Jack or anybody else, then uh, please feel free to get in contact with us on Twitter at MakingPassenger. Until next time.